Hi, I'm Megan Gilger, and welcome to the Friday Meditation. Welcome, my friends. It's another Friday, another day in August, and it's hard to believe we're almost half, like we're over halfway through. Deep breaths on that. (laughs) August, September, and October are my favorite months in Northern Michigan, and I just adore this time of year. It is beautiful, full. There's change in the air. There's just everything we wait for, alive and present and buzzing. And it's also a little overwhelming, but for the most part, it is a beautiful time. Routines are starting to just come in. Um, There's a little more calm, I guess, especially September. I I love September, but we're still here in August. And if you're anything like me and you've grown tomatillos, oddly, our Wednesday podcast was about how I no longer choose to grow them. They choose to grow themselves in my garden. I I had never grown tomatillos until we moved here and the I had hired this great guy to help me kind of envision like a 10-year picture of what our garden could be and what this land could be. I had never had 15 acres to look at, but then, you know, obviously we're not doing most of anything with all of that, but he um, helped us just see, you know, what we could do with the land right directly around our home to be what we had envisioned. And it was super helpful. And when he put in our garden, he gave me tomatillos and I had never grown them. And if you've never grown them, um, you might not know what they look like or what they are. I explained it in my Wednesday pod, but they basically look like little lanterns on this plant. And it is somewhere between a, like whenever you've had green salsa, that's what it's made out of. Granted, you can make green salsa also out of green tomatoes, but there's a unique flavor that you only get from tomatillos. And they're very popular in Central and South America, but they grow extremely well here too, oddly. And they are a prolific plant, to put it lightly. They also reseed very readily, so they are basically like a weed. So they're an incredible plant, but I grew up in, or I grew up in Northern Michigan, but there was a stint that I did in my life in Southern Michigan. It was when I was in high school and Southern Michigan has a lot of factories, a lot of, there's a lot of people from Chicago and particularly people that are immigrating into the United States come into Chicago area and then they can filter they filter out into other smaller towns and where i lived which was coldwater michigan was one of those small towns and there were quite a few factories a walmart distribution center lots of great places for them to find really wonderfully paying jobs and get their foothold into a new life here in america and so pretty much almost 50% of the kids that i went to school with were in high school were not like born in America. They were either becoming American, 
citizens or they're on a, a school visa or a their parents were on work visas. There are lots of different situations. And so I was surrounded, I went from being in a very like white culture growing up um, in Northern Michigan and in coming from a lot of privilege to being surrounded by a lot of people that had very different views of the world and experiences in the world. And there were ways that I found these connections that have just, you know, that I made these connections. And one of the ways was through soccer. I was an avid soccer player when I was in high school. I mean, I started playing when I was six years old and it was everything to me. Uh, other than being in nature, it was soccer and soccer was also in nature, but I had very high, high goals, lofty goals of where that would take me in life. I was a very competitive child with it. But when my parents moved to cold water, there weren't as many opportunities for soccer. In fact, their high school team was started the year I was a freshman and I came from a place where soccer was like, like it was very competitive. And so it was weird to me to be around a culture and like a lot of people who didn't have that. And so, but I found a connection with the sport with other cultures and particularly cultures of many of these kids who were immigrants coming from Mexico and they have migrated from Mexico. Their families were rooting themselves here and they were working on getting citizenship. And I didn't speak a lot of Spanish, but I learned a lot of Spanish because, and this is kind of a story about that. And this is a long tail way of talking about this story that is ultimately a meditation today because it's about how I learned what a tomotillo is. And how the Tomotillo now, I cannot look at it in the same way. And this is a meditation that is focused on telling a story because of a plant, a plant, a food, a, a flavor was what connected me in this very deep way that I no longer can hold a tomato and not think about these things or Tomotillo, sorry. And this plant that when I was 16 years old, I had no idea what it was. I didn't know what it looked like. I didn't know how it grew. I knew nothing, but I was brought into a culture through an experience, through a food, through a relationship that opened my eyes. And now this plant that I grow in my garden, where my life looks dramatically different than it did when I was 16 years old, it now still holds that story with it for me. And I've talked some about how plants can do this. And we've kind of had this theme. And I think when we're talking about abundance, we got to remember that abundance isn't just the physical things. It's also the emotional things. It's the spiritual things. And when I garden, I'm not just taking in a harvest of the flowers and vegetables and herbs. I'm taking in a harvest of memories every single time these memories unfold a little more and there's an abundance in that something I don't always get in the winter. And, but then when I'm eating those things, I remember those things. And when I save those foods in the summer 
and then I eat them in the winter and the spring when life feels very desolate, there's an emergence of those gifts, of those memories, of that nostalgia that's like storytelling. And it's so fun and fascinating to unfold these parts of our story through food, through the things we grow. And so this story involves a little picture into that life in high school and who I was and how I was shaped by an experience and ultimately a vegetable (laughs) Um, or a fruit rather. And how it really opened my eyes to something new and it expanded me and it continues to expand me. And I think back on those experiences and how they shaped me in a positive, beautiful, amazing way. So that's what this is about today. And so it's called the gift of the tomotillos. Growing up, I had no idea what a tomotillo was. If you don't know either, they grow like lanterns on a rapidly expanding plant that nearly grows overnight in the heat of summer. They are like weeds now as I trim branches and harvest a basket of them. The lanterns contain the sticky fruit that when roasted over a fire is a mix between a green tomato and a sweet fruit almost. They are truly unique and a major staple to cultures in Central and South America, yet they grow like weeds in our gardens here in Northern Michigan. I bring in the basket from our garden and immediately fill a giant bowl with cold water and head to shuck the tomotillos. This wasn't knowledge I ever had, but something I learned firsthand in a hot kitchen in Southern Michigan from a woman named Margarita. In high school, I was a very active soccer player. It was my dream to land a major scholarship with a Big Ten team in Michigan and play at an elite level. My small town didn't offer me many opportunities, though, to challenge my skills, so I spent many days doing it alone after my job at the local grocery store. Many evenings, a group of young guys from high school swung by and played at the f- end of the field. We didn't talk because of our different because our differences separated us. I was the local white girl, and they were all from various parts of Central America and spoke only broken English. One warm day that summer, though, they invited for me to pick up on a game with them. A big deal. This butted a new chance to play at a level I I desired, but it also opened the door to new relationships. It wasn't long till one of the boys became more than just someone I met for soccer, but we fell in love. He came from a different world than me. I knew Northern Michigan summers and the typical white culture life of the Midwest. He was one of five kids and 25 cousins who had slowly made their way here after their uncle worked tirelessly to help them build a new life in this this factory town on the border of Indiana. He came here in the bed of a truck at night when he was seven, and I was born to a family that had more privilege than I even know. My summer days that year were involved playing soccer and learning his culture. He slowly introduced me to his family, and I learned quickly how it was a huge thing for him to do this. I was a white girl who barely spoke any English or spoke any Spanish, and his family spent their weekends with soccer blaring on the TV, Corona beer in a cooler in the living room, and plenty of words being yelled in Spanish at the TV that I would soon begin to understand. The first time I visited, my boyfriend's mother graciously welcomed me in but it was evident her skepticism was high about me as I stood there in her dining room in my soccer attire fresh off the pitch. 
the walls of their home were an ode to their life back in Mexico that they had left behind, their faith in their loved ones. There was never any doubt that love existed in those walls, but so did hard work and an ability to survive in a new world. I knew well enough in my years of being raised by my parents that the best way to connect is in the kitchen. So as my boyfriend headed to the couch with his brothers and dad, I followed his mother mother to the kitchen. It was August. The kitchen smelled of completely new sense to me. There was coriander, slowly cooked beans, and spices I would soon come to know well. His mother stood over a half-opaque bucket of water with what I thought was apples. She jumped quickly back to making tortillas, and she noticed me then, upon turning, that I had followed her. She smiled. I knew we wouldn't be able to talk, but I wanted her to know I was willing to help. Our smiles and gestures made that clear to one another. I went to the bucket and looked inside, and to my surprise, they were not apples, but a husked fruit I had never seen before. I asked in my broken Spanish what they were, and she said, tomotillo. I was still confused, and she could tell. She then removed the tortillas she was cooking from the stove and dunked her hands into the bucket. She opened one under the water and revealed the fruit and pointed to other fresh ingredients and said, salsa verde. I then realized what they created. She then pointed to me to do what she did and offered me that task. I now know wasn't glamorous at all, but a moment of connection. She then watched as I repeated the task. I dunked and peeled and placed the fruit in a bowl she gave me. She then showed me why the water and what happens when they, were, they are not wet. I laughed and so did she. I then took over the task and she flipped tortillas. It was quiet between us in the kitchen as the rest of the family yelled at the TV about a poor call by the referee. In a nonverbal way that day, she taught me an important skill in that hot kitchen that smelled of tortillas, slow-cooked beans, and smells that before were unfamiliar to my life, but soon became nostalgic at the time I first fell in love with a boy and his culture. I saw how a vegetable can connect people despite culture, cultures and stories that have brought them together. She showed this to me that day in the kitchen, even if she simply taught me how to properly husk a tomatillo. I learned how vegetables and food many times are better taught through experience and relationship. Dating her son, I know wasn't easy for her to handle. Dating her son, I know wasn't easy for her to handle. A white girl coming into her home felt foreign and maybe even scary. Our cultural differences were apparent, but that day over Tomotillos it changed. A bridge was crossed and I expanded my views and so did she. That is what food does. It connects us, and we expand because of cooking and eating together. It allows us to enter another's culture and story through knowledge and flavor. Her son and I didn't work out. Our cultures ultimately divided us over time. I was too strong-willed and independent. He felt the expectations and pull of his culture. It wasn't meant to be, but we made it work for quite some time. I think often of his family as they became such a huge part of my life. I played many soccer games with his female cousins, and my parents knew all of his family too. There's a beautiful connection we made because of his sport and a lot of really great food. Now, as I grow my own tomatillos this year and I harvest them, I think about Margarita and how she husks those tomatillos. I think of how she let me experience her view of the world for even a few moments. As I dip my hands in and peel away the husk, even now on this hot day, I remember that hot day where the soccer game played in Spanish in an unair conditioned home. I can remember setting my cleats by the door and being there in my soccer shorts 
and shirt with my hands deep in a bucket of water full of tomatillos, not knowing that years later I would grow my own or even what life would look like for me past 16 years old. It all still feels as real as those tomatillos that I hold in my hands now. I can nearly bet that there is some sort of food in your past, something that you may even grow in your garden that holds this sort of memory that maybe you went on a trip and you experienced a new culture and that food experience connected with that culture allowed you to open your eyes. I can't tell you the amount of empathy and understanding of what it means to be an immigrant. It has given me to have spent multiple years so close to a family that was going through it all to watch what they took for like what I took for granted that they couldn't and so much more. I was changed in that kitchen and there were many times that was the first time I ever came and visited that house, but it never left my memory. And I came back many more times, but that one is still the most precious memory in my mind. And it was such a powerful experience. And I think, you know, how soccer connected us and then how food connected us. Two very simple things. And soccer itself continued to open doors of many amazing cultural experiences in my years in high school and then eventually down the road in college. But this one has always stuck out to me. And there is not a day that goes by when I am growing tomatillos that I do not think about this day and think about this experience and how I learned how to do this because of this boy's mom, who I'm sure was not exactly overjoyed with me being there, (laughs) but she was willing to bridge that gap. And I hope that for my kids, I am that as well one day. So thank you, Margarita, wherever you may be. Uh, but friends, if you, I would love to hear your own stories or how this even conjured up ideas for you. So if you want to share, please, you are always welcome to DM me. Let me know your response to this meditation today. You can also join our online community by going to freshexchange.com backslash join, where you get access to these right into your inbox every single week, as well as access to our online community, where you can discuss this with your other community members. It is a great way to build this connection to, from our gardens to ourselves and how these things make us more grounded, more whole, and can even heal those things that feel a little raw. So until then, my friends, I'll see you out there.